Hey everyone, it's Brent, host of the FSA Podcast. On this show, we teach online health coaches how to sell at a higher rate and scale their businesses with more profit. The way that we do it is through the sustainable growth model, which we're gonna dig into here in just a little bit. But today, the reason you need to stick around for this episode is I am joined by Chad Durfee, the founder and owner of Revenue Pros. Chad is gonna show us how he has had tremendous success scaling businesses, not through ads, not through organic, not through DMs, not through all the traditional methods, but through referrals referrals of all things. So if you need help gaining more clients at a cheaper acquisition cost, the show is going to give you a ton of value. So Chad, what was your biggest struggle with the, like, if we can call it traditional ways of scaling through ads and organic content? Yeah. So let's first of all, start with the organic content, which I think is a great way to start a business. Uh, for me, mm -hmm. being out on social media and talking all the time and kind of being like that thought leader, is not necessarily authentic to me. It's not something I enjoyed, uh, like the, just the hours of trying to think about content and do my content calendars. And anytime I tried yeah. to put out content, it was just like so inorganic and mm -hmm. I hated it so much. So it was like, it was never going to come naturally for me. And it was also something that I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not just not gonna force myself to do this. So sure. that was where it was with organic content. Paid advertising is, I'm a huge proponent of uh, paid ads uh, to scale a business. But, you know, if you're not doing organic and some other things prior to that, it could get really sticky really quickly. So, you know, sure. I wasn't willing to put my my pocketbook into ads when I didn't necessarily have a tested offer or the mm -hmm. right copy or even really know what was going to hit market at, at, you know, kind of like mass penetration. And sure. so I kind of found a fun little niche in the middle that allowed me to scale way faster and easier than social media would have and way cheaper mm -hmm. than ads. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. When, when we first started chatting, I thought it was, I thought it was genius. You know, it's something that I think a lot of people, myself included, like you, you think about referrals as like, just like a cherry on top. Like if it happens, great. Uh, but it's not something like you actively scale or actively like focus on, right? It's just something that happens organically. Uh, if, if you did a good job, right. Or if you happen to ask at the right time. So what kind of, I suppose, what kind of shifted you? Like, where was like that, that, that moment where you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Like I could actually scale this. Uh, so dude, that's been around for a long time. So I've been in high ticket sales for 20 plus years. Uh, mm -hmm. everything from real estate to high level banking, to mortgages, to car industry. Um, mm -hmm. and my background was behavioral and social psychology. So I've nice. always studied sales, um, and referrals has always been a big piece of what I do. But I think one of the big misconceptions is when people think about referrals, they think about client referrals, B2C, we call those. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not necessarily something that they think about as like front end lead acquisition. And so my big aha was when I was able to understand the distinction between client referrals and business referrals. Um, mm -hmm. Client referrals being obviously the type of referrals that everybody thinks about, which is, oh, how do I get my clients to refer me more people and then perpetuate that way? Business sure. referrals being, how do I find other business owners who are working with my ideal clients, who already have trust with them, who are bringing them on at large clips every single month, who don't mm -hmm. do what I do, so we're not direct competitors, either because they don't have the skill set or expertise or because they don't want to. And then how Beautiful. do I get them to refer all those clients to me every single month for my services? And mm -hmm. so that's where the real aha came in. So, you know, in, the, in our industry, you can call them strategic partnerships, uh, JVs, mm -hmm. uh, affiliate, you hear a lot affiliates in my opinion, slightly different than that. Yeah. But those are kind of the two, 
you know, like in the middle, it's a $6 trillion space, you know, referrals wow. and uh, strategic partnerships that people are just That's completely big... unaware of. Yeah. It's a big space. It's a, a big, sp it's a big space, right? Yeah. Anybody that's seen like yeah. the Dorito taco at Taco Bell, I mean, that's a strategic partnership yeah. between the Yum Brands and Frito-Lay, yeah. right? Or you've got GoPro or and Red Bull, right? Or you've got like, yeah. you know, Chevy and Disney, you know, that got that badass Chevy ride at Disney mm -hmm. World where you can build your own car and then you get to go mm -hmm. on the ride inside the car that you pre-built while you were standing in line. Um, wow. You know, Chevy paid so, for what's Disney. What's an example like in, let's, uh, let's think it's a lot of like online health coaches whether that be like mindset lifestyle mm -hmm. relationships fitness coaches that's that seems to be you know the the people that we we are able to help the most so give me an example of, of just something like that easy. like a, a coach like that what would a strategic partnership yeah, look like? E easy all we're doing is we're taking the same fundamentals that these fortune 500 companies are using and we're bringing them down to sure. uh, high ticket fit pros so imagine yourself being a high ticket fitness professional and you find a physical therapist who is bringing in clients every single month, but they don't have a fit pro that they refer them to or a chiropractor or a wedding planner mm -hmm. who has uh, somebody that is paying them to plan their wedding. And they're referring you that person for their, to get in shape for their wedding, right? Like, and they refer nice. you every single client that they have because they make maybe a back end commission. And also you, you got mm -hmm. a bride who is trying to get in the best shape of her life. She has money cause she can afford a wedding planner. There's time urgency mm -hmm. because she has a wedding coming up in three, six, 12 months, whatever that is. And there's massive motivation sure. because she's trying to look the best she's ever looked in her life. Right? So those are examples of strategic mm -hmm. partnerships with fitness professionals. Uh, it could be divorce attorneys, right? A lot of my uh, wow. men fit pros, I help them find divorce attorneys who are working with men who have to get back in the dating game and they're like 40 pounds overweight. And now they're like, what am I going to do? And so just yeah. easy referral, right? To somebody to, to hook them up. And that works the same on the other side of things. Um, I mean, those are some examples. Genius. There's hundreds, there's hundreds. Yeah. Uh, other one, most of the time there are men fit pros who only focus on men and there are women fit pros who only focus on women. Well, what if you found one of each and you partnered up with them? Like if I was coaching mm -hmm. men, let's say if I was a fitness professional, I'm coaching men, let's say 30 to 50 years old, then I would go find somebody who coaches women of that same age group. And I would say, Hey, listen, any of your mm -hmm. women that are coming in, if you want to on onboarding, I'm going to gift them 30 days of my program for free. And mm -hmm. if any of them end up enrolling in my stuff, I'm also going to pay you X amount on the back end. So I'm going to sure. help you get a revenue source that you don't currently have because you're not doing anything with those husbands and, and boyfriends. And then number two, mm -hmm. I'm going to give you an add-on that you can give in your onboarding call that engages reciprocity and already makes that client love you that much more from the beginning. Um, and Smart. so it's a, it's, a, it's a value add to them, both on the front and back end. Mm -hmm. So it's stuff like that that most yeah. people aren't thinking about. But if I do that... Yeah. That woman fit pro, guess what she's doing every day? She's doing her social media. She's got her content calendar. Maybe she's paying for ads and she's got all the other things that I don't want to do that she's using to bring in sure. her clients and then funnel them right directly to me. And I don't have to do any of that stuff. That's magic. It's magic. My friend, what like is on that, on that topic, what percentage, like from a breakdown perspective, sure. let's say I'm an online coach or let's just use my business, for example. Now we, we are heavily referral based, but we run ads, we do the organic content, we do the organic, all the organic stuff, but, and, and we can get into that, but you know, like the, the, this, this award here, that's all referrals. Yeah. 99%. What do you think is like a healthy breakdown? If you had to break it into three categories percentage wise for from like ads, organic and referrals. 
Oh, like for like for how much energy you should be putting into those things? Is that what you're saying? For or how much your business energy, and then we can do like exactly where the revenue should be sourced from to create like a long term scalable business. You know, I'm gonna be completely transparent with that one. I think it depends on the business, and I think it depends on the business owner. Um, when it comes mm -hmm. to ads, if if what you do, like if 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 nine out of ten people on the street need what you have, then ads mm -hmm. are a great place to go. If you're super niche and you were to talk to 100 people on the street and ask them if they wanted what you had and less than 10 said that they would want that, ads is probably not the best way to go initially, right? So for example, with me, if I were to grab 100 random people on the street, maybe 10 of them are even self-employed. And then of those 10 that are self-employed, maybe only five even have any awareness around strategic partnerships or wanting you know, to get more leads. And so maybe those sure. five would have interest in what I do. That's not something I necessarily want to blow a bunch of money on ads to hit. I know you can target, but fitness, mm -hmm. I think fitness could be a much higher percentage because, you know, nine out of every 10 people on the higher. street want to lose some weight, right? Want to get fitter, want to be healthier. Um, so for me, I would say a healthy percentage, 30, 30, 30, right? Split it up 30% mm -hmm. ads, 30% social media and, and online, because that's kind of like your, that's your, your resume. You know, when you're in fitness, people want to see you when you're in fitness, they want to see your of results. Course. Um, and then I would say 30% should be referrals of both B2B and B2C. If you did that, yep. you're in a good spot, right? Because if something happens on social media, you're fine. You got another 60%. If yeah, your ads go down, you're fine. Is. You got the 60% over here, right? If, if you, one of your partners doesn't want to be your partner anymore, no big deal. You've got these other areas over here. So smart. And that's what I, what I want every listener to, to, to really focus on here, okay? It is about diversifying your channels of leads because if one channel gets shut down, your ads could be shut down today. And I see it all the time. All the time. You could put something up in your ad completely unintentional. Facebook flags that they're down for a few days or a few weeks or even worse, like you get your entire account shut down, which does happen. Yeah. And sometimes it's for almost no reason at all. And then if that's your, if that's 90% of your lead source, I mean, you're, you're scrambling yeah. or social Vice media, versa. social media, you, was, you get, exactly. you yep. get COVID, you get sick. You can't be on there for 10 days. Like if you get off that hamster wheel, your yep. business stops. Yep. So it's, it's all about diversifying and having different channels of leads. Uh, I know people say this about income, focus on one source of income first, in my opinion, before you add other sources of income. But as far as leads, you should diversify because I, again, I've seen businesses, the best businesses that I see like the, the ones with ads that scale ads super effectively, like those, those businesses can skyrocket. They can make crazy profits, but again, it, it happens all the time. They're scrambling for a month or two and that can derail your entire year. If you have like a 12 month goal or like a fiscal goal, one month without ads could completely derail that if that's your entire focus. So just be conscious of, of where you're generating your leads from. And in my opinion, Chad, I, I feel like you'll agree on this. The more referrals, the better. I mean, <laughs> referrals close at a, at a high clip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, it's the only, here's the best way I can contextualize it for people. Uh, somebody once asked Alfred Einstein what the most powerful force in the universe was to which he replied compound interest and mm. referrals, both B2B and B2C are the compounding interest of lead generation, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's one referral. If somebody comes in to your business, having been referred to you, on the back end, they're already four times more likely to refer you themselves without doing anything else. 
And then if you can put a strategy in place that's simple and duplicatable, then, you know, that's going to perpetuate one client becomes two, two become three, three become five, maybe. Right. And so it doesn't necessarily perpetuate linearly, but it perpetuates nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I feel like I'm like a living testimony of that. My content, Chad, when I started out, when I started Closers for Fitness, it was all reputation based. It was just doing a good job, networking, reaching out to, you know, to people asking if they had friends that would benefit from X, Y, and Z that we did. Uh, we tried ads early on before we had like a proven organic posting model. Yeah. They flopped. I spent tens of thousands in ads. Dude, and me we too. Didn't, I mean, seriously, for the first several months of business, we didn't, we didn't close a person. We didn't even book a call. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was, a, that can, I mean, that can shut the doors for sure to, to a smaller business. Thankfully we were doing well at the time, but tens of thousands of dollars on ads. Dude, it, it almost shut, proven... it, it almost shut the doors what? to us a year ago, you know, because really? I, I kind of got the ad bug. One of, one of my partners in another venture is Rudy Moore, who, you know, is one of the top five Facebook ads sure. experts in the world. And I kind of mm -hmm. got the bug where I was like, ooh, ads, let's go that direction. And what I yeah. what I didn't do very well is I didn't take care of some of my partners that were the best because I was so focused on this area over here. Ads takes a I lot. See. It takes a lot of energy and time and focus. And this over here kind of went to the wayside. And so as I was losing mm -hmm. some little partnerships, I kept justifying it by saying, hey, it's good because I'm gonna break, I'm gonna crack the code over here. We spent mm -hmm. 300 grand in ads in like a six month period. We broke even. <laughs> We broke even, but they ended up being, they were like my worst clients. Like they weren't nearly as bought yeah. in. They, they wanted to refund faster if they didn't get results in two days. Like yep. it was, uh, it was a cluster, you know, I lost a, no a big joke. portion of my staff. And so I had to go back and like rekindle relationships wow. and then start like my process all over again. Um, and it's just, at, that's a oops. painful lesson. A very at painful this, lesson at this point. Yeah. Super painful. Yeah. Sorry about that. I think there might be a, uh, so, a, a small lag. Are you able to hear can me? Can you hear okay? me now? I can hear you now. Yep. Yes, I can. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, at this point, uh, if I'm going to do ads again, it's going to be a much slower progression into ads um, mm -hmm. and not at the risk of losing my current channels, especially my partnerships. Yeah. My partnerships are gold because it's again, they're like they're at this point, they're my friends. Like they're, they're business yeah. friendships. And as long as we're on good terms, uh, they'll never stop sending business and vice versa, you know? So it creates this really amazing synergy and it's a very collaborative, like positive energy to grow in versus kind of that competitive, sure. like I'm by myself and I'm looking at what does everybody else do? I'm, I'm not in comparison anymore. Mm -hmm. It's more of a collaborative mindset. And so it really opens up my creativity as well when I'm in partnership. That's, that's such a good point too. I, we have, we have a good handful of partnerships at, at this stage. What it's turned into though, and I, there, there's a few things that I kind of want to touch on there, but like for fit pros, the, the concept of partnering with another fitness coach is kind of strange for a lot of people because I think that mindset of like, you know, business is competition and you got to crush the competition. But at the end of the day, it's, it's something like fitness or any online health coaching offer for that matter. There's an abundance of people that need your help. There are an abundance of people with relationship issues, with health issues, with eating. You know, there, there are so many people to help. I think it's more lucrative to kind of shift the mindset like you did and think more in terms of like collaboration as opposed to just how can I crush everyone around me?
Yeah. It's, you know, and I, to speak to the fitness professionals that are listening to this and people in the health and wellness industry, I know that it doesn't feel like there's a multitude of clients because a lot of people are struggling with acquisition. Um, Mm-hmm. mostly because they're focused on one specific medium, which is typically social media. Um, but here's some interesting statistics for for those of you that are struggling with acquisition to just I'm maybe a, pay I'm attention to. Okay, good. So yeah. you'll like this then. So as of right now, there are currently over 30 million businesses in the U.S. alone. And there's 5 million new businesses formed every single year. However, wow. only 3% of those make seven figures or more a year. So 97% of those businesses are under the seven figure mark. Okay. So that's, that's that's one thing. The businesses that are over the seven figure mark, that 3%, the percentage of them that are using strategic partnerships and kind of that collaborative B2B referral mentality Mm -hmm. over 80%. Wow. The businesses that are making less than a million, that other, the, the, the majority, the 97%, less than 7% of them use strategic partnerships. And so yeah. there's something to be said for the, the dollar amount because making less mm-hmm. than that seven figure mark, it sometimes can be feast or famine. And so no mm-hmm. offense to people on the podcast that are under that seven figure mark because you're sure. a good 97 other, 97% of other businesses are, but it tends to be a mm-hmm. little bit more of a survival mindset, a more, a little bit more of a scarcity mentality. And when you're in a scarcity mm-hmm. mentality that, that prompts competition and comparison versus Mm -hmm. collaboration. The businesses who are over that seven figure mark tend to be in a little bit more abundant place at that point. And collaboration becomes a natural uh, thing that they they tend to gravitate towards because they start to see Mm -hmm. there are actually more clients and there's more available for them being in collaboration with other peers. They could be other fitness Mm -hmm. professionals or industry professionals who aren't direct competitors. There's more available through through collaboration than there is through competition. Not the competition's 100%. bad, but no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not uh, we're not dogging on competition. By the way, guys, it's yeah. I think it's a very healthy thing. I'm the most competitive <laughs> to to a fault. Same. Okay. I, I I will share my pickleball stories all day long, <laughs> and buddy, I I get worked up if we if we lose a few games in a row. So don't competition is great. Okay. Yeah. But I think I think it's more the and I, I'm not the mindset guru, but there there is like you said something to be said about that because let's let's pivot to sales for just a moment. When you're selling a lot, you start to have more of an abundance mindset. Like when people are coming onto calls and you're like, dude, I just closed three deals. This person is kind of a dud. You're more capable of telling that person, hey, it's not a good fit. What we do just doesn't seem to align based on X, Y, and Z reasons that I'm seeing on this call. And you're more you're more able to say no. And when you're able to say no as a salesperson, you're you're going to sell more deals. I know that's like a, a weird paradigm, right? Well, it's because you're unattached, right? You don't have that weird, there creepy attached energy that's like I have to have yep. the sale to 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 live and feed my family. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree with that. When, you know, when competition mm-hmm. competition can quickly turn into comparison, and when competition mm-hmm. bridges the gap to comparison. Now all of a sudden you're in a scarce mindset and that attachment comes in and all those negative things kind of come in or competition when done right can turn into collaboration, right? And so you start Mm -hmm. seeking out the other people in your space who are doing an amazing job and looking for opportunities to learn from them and collaborate with them, which then just raises it. It's so, 
it's something that's so prevalent for me right now as well. I, I think it comes down to like a, a certain sense of like, uh, I don't know if self-confidence is a term that I'm going for there, but like security in your business. Um, I reached out because my, my organic content was very, it was just, it was okay. Right. Didn't really have like the structure and I wasn't really producing, um, great content for my clients to post because I didn't really understand it. I don't have a marketing brain. I'm the first to admit that I, I have sales, business stats, analytics, all that, but marketing, I'm not the guy or I wasn't for a long time. And I, I don't claim to be the guru now, but I actually reached out. Funny enough, I reached out to a competitor in the space, a direct competitor. We had the exact same ideal client. I reached out and I was like, Hey dude, would you want to, you know, work together on this? I gave him a good chunk of change. He coached me, taught me a whole bunch. And it's like, he had enough security in his business and confidence to be like, Hey, I'm going to bring on a competitor and teach him everything I know. Uh, I, you know, kind of pushed the ego to the side and reached out to him for help. And it worked out. It worked out really well, actually. I think it's really cool that you brought that story up because I think one of the, one of the biggest things that is holding back the coaching and consulting space, which, you know, fitness is one of the things inside that coaching and consulting space is the sure. fact that we fail to realize that all of the other coaches and consultants, consultants around us, competitors and not are brothers and sisters in arms. Like we're all mm -hmm. in the same pursuit. We're all in the same journey. We might be in slightly different places on the spectrum, but sure. you know, I, th I think too often we see people on social media and I feel bad about my business because I see what their business is doing, mm -hmm. or I feel bad about my ads because I see how awesome this ad is, or I, or I judge, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, this person's marketing sucks. They're probably not selling anybody, right? There's so yep. many, so many comparative things versus being like, wow, this is like, this is a peer. This is somebody who I want to see succeed and I want to support and I would love to be supported by. And I think that if more exactly. people had that mentality inside their business, they would find that their business, just, just the abundance of that, they would find that their business is a, a much easier business to scale a lot quicker. Oh, I agree. I mean, when you, when you say brothers in arms, it, what you're doing is you're, you're representing an entire industry. If I'm exactly. a fitness coach and I bring on a client and I am a shitty coach, I don't do check-ins. I completely drop the ball for this person, right? Do you think that they're more likely or less likely to hire someone down the road? It's like it, you, you really are like representing the entire community as a whole. And it's like the more collaborative you can be with one another. I mean, there's just so many verticals yeah. on, on, you know, complementing one another's business. Yeah. And most people would think to themselves, well, like, why, how does that affect me? I don't care. Right. Like they're not yeah. trying to hire, they're going to go try and hire one of my competitors. Well, you don't care mm -hmm. until you get that prospect that has massive buyer's resistance because somebody mm -hmm. else took total advantage of them. And now exactly. they're not ready to move forward and change their life. And, don't trust or believe you because of what another coach did to them. Right. So like if the mm -hmm. industry brought itself up together, this wouldn't be so much of an issue. You know, this is a whole nother conversation yeah. besides referrals and strategic partnerships, but, is, but you know, partnering and aligning with people in the industry who are, who are the right types of coaches and consultants is also really important. It is. And I, I think the mindset though, I mean, even though it, we, we have shifted a little bit from referrals, I think, it is a very prevalent thing, especially kind of with where everything is right now. And it's just like the the way the world works is like, I reached out to that coach for help. He gave me help. And now since I've reached out to him, I don't know, I'm not the woo woo guy, but like since then I've had 
uh, a couple, a good handful of coaches who are direct competitors who have now come to me for help on sales coaching. And in my head, I, the, the, the same thing crossed my mind. It's like, should I help a competitor sell better? <laughs> because they may be, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting against my own process that I know works really well. And honestly, he sent referrals over since then. And we, we help people in slightly different uh, phases in their, in their journey. It, it works out. So it's just being secure and kind of where you're at not being afraid to reach out for those partnerships, I think is crucial and not feeling like everybody's out to steal money from you because it, it, it's, it can be the case, but less, less, less often. Yeah. Less often. And that, that energy, whether you know it or not, or whether you think it or not, it bleeds into every other aspect of your life that bleeds into the way it that sure you does. handle situations at your kid's school. It bleeds into the way that you handle situations in your personal development. San just, it, it just, mm -hmm. it finds its way into everything. Mm -hmm. It does. And so, you know, like the, the SGM model, like this was something, Chad, that I was talking to you about the other day. And it's something that we, we launched last week. Being profitable in your business is something to be proud of. Wh whether it comes from ads, from organic, from referrals. Now, let me tell you this. You will be infinitely more profitable if it comes from referrals, uh, which is why Chad and I have collaborated for this podcast here because uh, I am I'm all in on referrals. I love referrals. But if you're, if you're running a profitable business and you're able to live the life that you want and enjoy and go do things and your bills are paid and you're not looking at the tag on every single thing, asking yourself if you can afford it, like that's a good life. Even yeah. though, you know, Sally, uh, <laughs> Sally, the nutritionist is making more money than you. One, you don't know what her profit is. You don't know what she's actually taking home. That can be vastly different. Vastly two, different. If you're good, like what is it? Who cares? Yeah. Honestly. Well that's, that's also the other thing. I've, trust me, I've, I've got lots of friends in the industry who are very prevalent on social media. And a mm -hmm. lot of people would be surprised to see how poorly some of their businesses are doing right now, mm -hmm. you know, just with, with the economy and with different things. So, you know, but they can't, they're not saying that on social media, they have to look, they have Never. to look successful on social media to get clients to want to work with them. Um, and yep. so, what you're seeing out there is not always what it is. And so the collaborative uh, ability to, to be able to be around other business owners and have a pulse on what's going on and what's working and what's yeah. not, and it's, it's invaluable. It is, it is just kind of having like optics on like the whole, exactly. like, am I alone here or? Yeah, yeah, you're not <laughs> you on an island, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. So my big question, I, I know a lot of other people are probably thinking this too, Chad. How do you ask for referrals and, and don't you, by no means do you have to give away all your secrets here. How do you ask for referrals without coming off as, how do I say, like needy or annoying where it's like, hey, Chad, got any friends? Got yeah, any sure. Family? Hey, your sister, is she heavy? Right? So, uh, <laughs> she heavy. <laughs> yeah, how do so, you come off with, with good intention there? Uh, so there, there's a process for it. Um, but the, the sure. foundation, there's three pillars. Uh, I call them priming, timing, reminding. So okay. first and foremost, there needs to be a warm up, So you don't want to come out and just ask for referrals. I know that a lot of people in the industry mm -hmm. and a lot of business coaches will say, Hey, when somebody is having success or they've lost weight, that's the time to ask for a referral. It's actually not sure. because what it does is that it actually devalues their success and it makes them almost feel like they mm -hmm. want something from you and you're not celebrate like necessarily celebrating with them authentically. Interesting. And so the best way to ask for referrals is to start by explaining how you handle referrals and how to refer you during your onboarding process. So your very first experience with them inside your program um, should be explaining how referrals work, 
how valuable they are, how to do it, mm -hmm. really just teaching them the process of it and then helping them, you know, know what it looks like and who should be a good fit, but then not actually asking them. Right. So that's number one. So I, I usually I'll go right to the point of asking them on the onboarding call. I'll explain the whole process to the point that they probably think I'm going to ask right. for a referral. And then I take and the, you I take the, the foot off the gas a little bit and we're good. And afterwards they're usually like, Oh, I was like, sure. He was going to ask for a referral. Well, that feels good. Like that it, it was so transparent, but there was no pressure. And then down sure. the, you know, and, and, but I'll incentivize it. Like, you know, here's, here's another good stat. Um, well, I don't want to make it a stat because it changes a lot, but if your client doesn't make a referral, they don't take the action of introducing somebody to you in the first 30 days of their experience with you, the probability that they ever will drastically decreases. And so mm -hmm. the goal is to get them to take the action of making an introduction at some point in the first 30 days. It doesn't matter whether that person signs up or not. They just need to take the action. And just by doing that, it increases the probability that they will continue doing it. And so, you know, usually what I do is during onboarding, I'll explain how to do it, but then I'll usually incentivize it a little bit by saying, Hey, here's usually what I do for referrals. But if you make your first introduction in the first 30 days, regardless of whether they enroll or not, here's what you're going to get, you know, for referrals and here's what they're going to get as wow. well. Right. So a little bit of urgency goes a long way in, in mm -hmm. adding that element of pressure without actually pressuring them. Sure. Yeah. And then what I want you guys to notice is what they're going to get. Okay. So like it's what the client's going to get for making the referral, but also what the other person, the recipient, if you will, what they're going to get just by showing up to the call, yep. which you're leading with value. If, if, if I'm correct there. Oh, and you have to, because, because yeah. on the outset, most of your clients are more concerned about what their friend's going to get versus what they're going to get. Right. So mm -hmm. you kind of have two sides of that. You have, you know, when we're looking at referrals, you have what's called incentive theory, which is what are mm -hmm. they going to get for referring you if the person signs up? And that's a very motivating factor. But then you also have the other side, which is social capital, which is, is referring you going to increase their value in their circle, right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, besides the will to survive in human beings, the next deepest human motivator is the will to matter, to be important, sure. to feel important, right? That's most of the things we do is the cars we drive, the clothes we wear, the way we present ourselves mm -hmm. in public, the way we present ourselves on social media um, mm -hmm. makes us feel and look important, which is intrinsic motivation to continue doing that thing. And so if they know that by referring you, you're actually going to go about it in a way that increases their value, then they're much more mm -hmm. likely to do it even before they've gotten a result with you, even before they lose that five pounds or that 10 pounds or get the final result. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting concept too, to refer someone before you've gotten the results. I think there has to be like a, a, a true foundational level of trust because there's one thing that I despise and it, it's, it's, it's not happened often, but it has happened, you know, where I've referred people to someone and then they make me look bad with what they, you know, with how they handle business or how they handle like a certain situation. So there, there has to be you know, for, for someone to refer their friend, I feel like they have to have like a, a pretty profound level of trust in you before they tell their friend or their mom to go spend X amount of money. You'd be surprised. You. You'd be surprised. It's actually not the really? case. Yeah. There's no statistical correlation oh. between people getting results and referring more or referring more because of the incentive theory or the social capital. Uh, I think on the outset, it feels that way. So if somebody 
um, takes advantage of or creates a bad experience for somebody you've referred, you're probably not going to refer that person again, but uh, mm -hmm. you can refer somebody else before you've worked with them, gotten a result with them. What it really comes down to is what is the value that you're leading with? What's the carrot? And we, I like to call it mm -hmm. a carrot. So, you know, for example, with me, um, with my partners and, and people in the industry, I literally give all my stuff for free. I just, I give it away. Mm -hmm. And that's enough value that even if the person doesn't work with me, they're going to be able to walk away with a ton of really impactful things for their business if they want to dig into it. And so mm -hmm. it takes away the risk of having to yeah. like have that built relationship or trust or experience. And so the, the, the shinier the carrot and the more impactful the carrot, the quicker sure. and easier it's going to get people to refer you without even having to have a result. That's, you know, I didn't think about that. This is a conversation we had the other day. I actually, we used to give our script a version of our script. It wasn't like our full inner circle script, but it was, it was a, it was a pretty decent script that we yeah. would just give away for free. We ran ads to it, use it as a lead magnet. And at the beginning, like I told you, like ads, it didn't really work out because I didn't have the, the status quite yet. So like people were taking a random guy's script that they got from an ad and they were closing deals from it. Like I remember I have screenshots, like a folder of screenshots of like random people from ads. Like, Hey dude, just close a deal with that script in 30 minutes, 4k piff overcame this objective. Like we were getting all, but nobody was buying. Yeah. Nobody was buying. And I was like, man, I just dropped the ball. I just gave away way too much. Uh, they all have, you know, a, a, a D, they don't have all the secrets, but they have enough to close deals. I was like, I blew it. You know what I mean? But now uh, over a year later, people are coming back. Like we just signed someone up who got our original script, uh, like almost like a year and a half ago who just signed up to work with us. And we've gotten referrals from people too that way. So it's funny. Uh, it's kind of like that same, same idea, like having security and confidence in your, in your offer, you can give a lot away for free and people will still either refer or, or potentially come back. Yeah, for sure. And, and honestly, like it, it, every business is different, what you can give away. So just because I give away all my stuff in like a DIY version, doesn't mean that another business necessarily should, it might be too much. Sure. And so that's one of the, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to building out those, those offers and those referral programs and, and, you know, both B2B and B2C, there's a lot of strategy that goes into, you know, what is your business structure? What is, who's your avatar? What are your margins? What is, do you have <laughs> other levels? Do you do renewals? Do you have a, an Ascension model? There's a lot of little intricacies into what we actually decide to make the carrot. So I think one sure. of the big things that people, where people mess up is they assume, you know, with referrals, everybody just assumes that they can do it because they currently get some. But what people don't yeah. realize is referrals have been around since the dawn of human history. They'll be around for long after we're gone. They're such a powerful lead source that it happens in your business without even having to put any time, intention, or energy into it. Imagine what it would look like. Like if you're already getting some referrals, imagine what it would look like if you actually spent some time and intention on creating a systematic, very strategic approach to it. You could probably mm -hmm. five, 10 X that, but we just assume because we're already yep. getting them that we know what we're doing with referrals versus it, it, it's going to happen in spite of us because it's so powerful. So, but, but most people don't mm -hmm. realize like, they're just like, they've got the faucet on trickle. Like they haven't learned how to yep. turn it all the way on. Um, and so that's one of the big misconceptions. So they'll take, you know, um, what they think is a good strategy and, and use it and they might get a little bit of results, but it's never quite going to open it up. And so I would say, sure. you know, for anybody listening to this, 
you definitely have to give something away on the front end to the prospect that has a very, very high perception of value. It doesn't sure. necessarily have to be the most valuable thing you have. It doesn't necessarily have to be everything you have. It just has to have a really high perception of value, which means that the prospect, that's something that, that in their mind, they're like, I need that. And then that mm. is going to create, you know, that does, cause it, you know, referrals are two-sided, both business and client referrals. It's one thing to get your client to refer somebody to you. It's another thing to get that prospect who's being referred to want to engage with you. It's a whole nother mm -hmm. side that people aren't thinking about. They're like, just send people to me. It's like, okay, good. You, like, yeah. I could send 20 people to you right now, but are they going to like, are they even, do they have any desire in even talking to you? Probably not. Yep. Unless what you're, what, what you're giving them makes them say, I need that. That's worth yep. my conversation. Yep. If you're missing that aspect, referrals just won't work. I mean, I be, nope. before I really had like a like a concept of a proper way, and again, I was on like that trickle for like a while. You'll just have a lot of group messages that <laughs> that die. Yeah. You'll have a lot of introductions where the person either leaves you on red or doesn't respond, or it's just like an awkward thing, and they're just like, "Hey, bro, why'd you refer that person to me?" Right? Yeah. Well, there has to be like a level of interest. And in their mind, they think they're doing what's right. Like the client thinks they're right, right. doing what they're supposed to be doing by referring to you. They think that you want that. And so they're doing it because they like you, you know, a lot sure. of the times. Like when you have that trickle turned on, they're referring people because they're having results. They're like you. They're, they're bought in. They're engaged. But most people haven't taught them who they should be referring, how to refer, what to say, and then made it easy mm -hmm. for them to make those introductions. If you haven't done that, you're going to get a lot of those types of referrals. Right. Oh yeah. And, and the client okay. thinks they did exactly what they were supposed to do. So you can't fault them for it and be like, Hey, why did you refer this person or make them wrong sure. for it? They just did what they thought they were supposed to do. So, cause nobody's ever taught yeah. them. Yeah. I know it makes perfect sense. Now, Chad, where, where can people find you on socials? And I'll, I'll have all the links, but just like, where, where, where are you most active to where they can get some of this? Uh, yeah, not on social at all. So remember what I said about being inauthentic right. on social at the beginning? I'm, I'm private. Yeah, yeah. If you want to follow me, you can follow yeah. me, but there's no business stuff on there. It's just personal stuff. Um, can you guys believe, let's just take a moment. What <laughs> the hell? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, that is, that is just wild to me. So good for you, man. Yeah. Well, you're telling me you're not posting on your stories every day or DMing a hundred people or wow. zero. If you pull up my face, if you pull up my Insta or Facebook right now, it's like, there's nothing, there's maybe yeah. some personal stuff on there, but nothing business related. Um, because again, you're speaking to my soul. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I, th I think I'm speaking to a lot of people that that maybe yeah. don't want to admit it. Um, and I'm not saying that you need to do that, right? So sure. should should I have my stuff out there? I could probably be more successful if I did. It's just not authentic to me at this stage of my life. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it won't yep. be in the future. It's just not right now. Um, yep. But yeah, if you want to follow my private stuff, you can. It's just Chad Durfee. Um, <laughs> there's probably more on LinkedIn. What I'll do is anybody who's listening to this, if I'm, I'm assuming, do you have show, like show notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there'll be a spot at the bottom they can cool. click on. So I'll just I'll just give like my it's like my 15 minute VIP link. Um, I'll put it down there. Anybody who's listening that wants it, just jump on there real quick. I'll hook you up with all my my DIY stuff for free. And so I just I want to jump on a call with you because uh, if I just give it to you, it's gonna fire hose you a little bit. And everybody, even in fitness, everybody's business is a little bit different. So there's a few questions mm -hmm. I would want to ask so I could tell you how to best consume it. But I'll make sure to yep. have that link down below. Yep. That's beautiful. 
It's beautiful. And we're wrapping up this podcast, guys, with three fun questions for Chad so you can get to know him just a little bit better. He does not know what these questions are, so they're going to be completely random. Uh, and when I say random, I mean Chat GPT uh, gave them to me, so <laughs> I choose the, the, the fun ones there. But I want to see how you respond, and you know, it, it lets the uh, viewers get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready, my friend? Let's do it. All right. If you weren't in your current profession, what would you be doing as a career? Treasure hunting. Treasure. I'd be diving. I'd be diving. Or? I'd be diving for shipwrecks, like right. Indiana, like Indiana Jones style. Some something. All right. Yeah. That was fast. I feel, <laughs> they're gonna think that I did give you the question. Why? Why was that first? Dude, I don't. That, well, that's a kind of a long story, but I'm getting my scuba okay. license right now because I've got a good friend and a mastermind who's 75. That he's one of the top three treasure hunters of all time. Wow. So you guys maybe seen those discovery shows of all the massive ships that have $10 million of equipment yeah. that are, so there's a 1700 shipwreck wow. that they just found. That's a gold laden ship that he's invited me to go dive on. So I'm like, this is a childhood wow. dream. So I'll have my scuba license for the next two Good weeks. So I don't miss like out on that. Marine, please. No, it's only, it's only, it's, it's only 50 feet deep. It's like okay. off the coast of right, Sarasota yeah, no and it's, yeah, it's only 50 feet down. So no implosions, please. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about that at the gym today. I was like chest pressing. I'm like, dude, that submarine just exploded. I don't know. Dude, I don't know why that came to my head, but uh, that's hilarious. Okay. I it's I, a treasure I hunter. I'd be Indiana Jones. Indiana right, there Durfee. It is, guys. I've got two more. Uh, my ultimate career, guys. I would I would mow lawns. I love it, man. I'm traveling full time. I don't get to mow any lawns. There's nothing better than being on a zero turn with a with a, a headset on, just mowing a nice big lawn. That's, that's all I want to do with my life. So I can uh, picture not it. Not quite as cool as treasure hunting, but <laughs> that's that's where I see myself. Uh, hopefully, in the next ten years, just retired mowing lawns. It's awesome. All right, zombie apocalypse. Zombie apocalypse is here. Which three fictional characters would you want alongside you? Oh, I get to choose three. Oh, three okay. Three people. Three. Yeah, people three from people. Any avenue. Okay, I'm going to take Longhorn Foghorn. I think that's the guy's name. Oh, if you don't know who it is, look it up. He's like the big, okay. like the big rooster. He's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. It's a longhorn, longhorn foghorn. I think that's what it is. Um, just because he's like super buff and he's hilarious. Um, All right. Yeah, take him. I would probably take. I'd have to take. Was it Laura Craft, the Tomb Raider? Oh, there you go. That's yeah. a good one. I've, that's a really listen, good one. I was, it's like it's like bear grills, right? It's kind of like, but it's yeah. it's fictional. Like somebody that can survive and like tell me what berries I can eat and like where I can make shelter and can That's make me a fire. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. All right. So we have a. So we got longhorn foghorn. Yeah, longhorn foghorn. <laughs> and then we got yeah, Laura Craft. And then the third one would have to be. I'm gonna have to take Cyclops. Oh, I have to take Cyclops. I know who this. I, I did you look it up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put a picture okay, of it. Okay. I just need what some cartoon comic. is that from? I, dude, I don't even know. I just I was a kid. Too. I just need some That's comic hysterical. relief, right? Like you got a zombie apocalypse, right. you need some laughter in there. Yeah. No, I get uh, that. All right. Yeah, Cyclops from the X Men. Like, how is a zombie ever right. going to get close when you can literally like just, just cut off zombie hands? Yeah. Genius, so, dude. Genius. Those are those Love are my three. This. All right, I think you're going to make it uh, quite a while. Last but not least, uh, this one's my favorite. Time travel, if you could go back for, let's just say a day, at any point in time, where would you go? What would you do? Um, Roman Empire, post-Nero. <laughs> right. Like, like um, 
I'd say like Constantine era of the Roman Empire, okay. like Very the heyday, specific. the heyday. All right. Yeah. Just, wow. All Some right. Grapes, a Roman bath, that... a, a nice shower with those that aqueduct wow. system. Yeah. Oh God bless it! The fresh water. Are you kidding me? It's, it's like how often do you think about the Roman Empire? I wouldn't want to see dinosaurs. I just want to just plot me down wherever the dinosaurs were. I just want to. I just want to sit with some binoculars and just watch dinosaurs. I mean, you know? I guess that makes just, sense. I'm trying to stay at the top of the food chain. That's why I was like the Roman Empire yeah, versus like some barbarian tribe in that era. Yeah. No, that's a good point. But a, well, dinosaurs are know, cool. They were. Yeah, dinosaurs are, are pretty pretty cool, my friend. So, guys, um, I, I hope this was helpful. There was a ton of value there. I learned stuff uh, along the way. So, Chad, I appreciate you hopping on, man. I'll uh, Thanks, again, Brent. I'll put all your links right down at the at the bottom of this. So, you guys just scroll down, um, and you guys will be able to connect with him, book a chat. Like he said, you'll get a bunch of free stuff. So, you can't lose. Yeah. All right, all right guys. I hope you guys all have a wonderful day. We'll see you guys later.